When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. Ramon is in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Won't be able to accompany us today due to prior commitments. I heard from him about an hour ago. I have no reason to expect... Uh, that we won't be able to have a normal show tomorrow. I just didn't. I just didn't want to take the show off because I could have. I could have just said, "Yeah, whatever. We can't do this today." And I just there's a lot to talk about, and there's a lot to go back and forth about. Plus, yesterday we had a little bit of a shorter show, so I, let's take today to really get into uh, this Arthur Smith hiring what it means for the Steelers, what it's going to take for the Steelers to advance as an offense with and through this coordinator who appears to be someone who kind of, you know, does things the old-fashioned way, but maybe doesn't do things the old-fashioned way. So whatever it is that that you guys have got, uh, I'm here And I am all ears. All you have to do is make sure that you're a member of the show, dkps.net slash join. Please make sure that you've subscribed to the show. That makes makes one of the biggest differences for us, for sure. And uh, I don't have a bell because I I gave Casey Kester's bell to Ramon. So we're just going to pretend that he's here dinging the bell. You see him over there? See him? See him? Oh, wait, I'm going the wrong way. That way. tell I didn't have the coffee yet, right? All right, let's get this thing going. Uh, No Nam says, I think you have the right idea, DK, but why does no one else think that Mason Rudolph is the guy? Uh, You want to see how many other people think Mason Rudolph is the guy? Watch what happens right now on comments after you just said that. Secondly, you know who else thought Mason Rudolph was the guy? Mike Tomlin because he was the one that made the decision to start him in the final four games. I always say this. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Jeff says of Arthur Smith, good hire fits the existing personnel. That's about right. But is that really a reason to do this? Because existing personnel, what you're probably talking about here, Jeff, is running backs, and running backs don't last long. So that's... Something to be mindful of here. I think Arthur Smith is more of a foundational piece, meaning he can come in 
and set the Steelers on a course where they can be a consistently high-performing running offense and win, theoretically, with or without a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. Ben says, hey, DK, how do you think Arthur Smith can gain the respect of this young offense? I <laughs> I think that's not going to be super easy. They're kind of a fickle group. They're a vocal group for one that really hasn't you know, performed to some super high level for an extended period. But I do think that the biggest difference that he can make is to, to literally answer your question here is to be in tune with what they have to say, even if they're wrong. Don't ignore them. Don't act like you're above them. Don't work out of a closed door down the hallway. S- stay out in the, in the locker room. Stay out on the field with them. Talk to them. Find out what works and what doesn't. You know, when Ramon had Mason Rudolph on this show uh, just a week ago, one of the things that Mason brought up that I thought was really interesting was that he felt that when he got his starting turn and he was in a room with uh, Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner, he made a commitment to himself that he was going to be just as honest as possible about the caliber of the plays and the kind of plays that he thought would work. Because as he said, I had nothing to lose by by being secretive about it. We all had our necks on the line. We all had our jobs to look out for. We needed to be mindful of you know what has to happen here for it to succeed. And so that's a way of looking at this. I, that goes a long, long way. I know that's probably not the type of answer that you were looking for, but... Uh, that's the the literal answer. Wayne Carter says, I hope Arthur Smith leaves that mustache in Atlanta. Wayne, if you pay attention, Arthur Smith did not have that mustache over the final couple weeks of the Falcon season. So I don't know if he was getting superstitious. I don't know if he still has it. But I do know that when you see news like this happen with certain outlet, outlets, they're going to go for older photos. And there's a lot of Arthur Smith with a mustache Floating around out there. All right, now you want to see who else thinks Mason Rudolph is the guy? Here we go. Ready? Ben, Mason is the guy. And over fist, Mason is the guy. Kevin says, I'm a Mason fan. Mason is the guy. Mason is a handsome, capable guy, says Rob Thomas. Uh, I could do this all day. I mean, there's there's a lot here. Warren says Mason is going to get bank if he signs with the Steelers. He might get bank somewhere else. Who knows how that goes? Mason is the new Tom Cruise, says Julio. Is that good or bad? Spy Guy says, I think Mason Rudolph is the guy. Did you see that offense take off? And really, that's, again, don't worry about what it is that anybody's saying, whether it's in our city, in our region, or national, or whatever. All that matters is what you see with your own eyes. And that includes what I have to say, what Ramon has to say. You can like the show, you can respect the show, but what we have to say only matters so much. You do have your own eyes and your own ability to see things. And, you know, there was plenty to see there in those four games. Anthony comes in with this original commentary. Mason is the guy. Brian says, hey, DK, they only interviewed the Steelers did three people when they hired Arthur Smith. It seems like a panic signing before everybody got inked up in contracts, why not cast a wider net for the OC? I'm going to share with you something from the uh, the Art Rooney session on Monday. At the very end of it, 
there was a, a back and forth about whether or not the Steelers might be interested in coaches who are currently with uh, the two Super Bowl teams. And there was kind of like a hesitation. And then there's a couple Steelers officials in there, and they're they're looking at each other. And, I'm, and I, I said something out loud in front of the room where I just said, uh, I, I, I think there's a window in there in which you can – interview these people yeah yeah i think there's maybe possibly a, a window came that goes from around the room my point is this they found their guy if they wanted to wait out uh, anybody related to the 49ers or to the chiefs or for that matter since their season has just ended uh the ravens and uh the lions they could have done that they didn't want to they found their guy. That's what tells me that. So here again, see, it's not something that they're saying. It's something that I'm seeing. It's different. Sergio says, DK, what do you think if the Steelers bring Russell Wilson in to compete for the position on the cheap side? And then what? You have to think about what the consequences are of these things too. Look, I haven't paid that close attention to Wilson since he had his complete bombing in Denver. I mean, that to me is a sign that if you're not done, you're really close to being done. I, I, I don't have any use for it. I think you have a couple of guys in Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett where one of them just showed you he could do the job and the other one's a first-round pick who's got years left on his rookie contract. So what are you going to do if Russell Wilson comes in and shows that he's, let's say, for example, better than Kenny? Make Kenny number three? Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. Rico says, with a nice contribution there. Appreciate that, Rico. He says, I think Arthur Smith will be a perfect fit for this offense. They've always been a run-heavy offense, haven't they? They have two excellent backs, and once they sort out the quarterback situation and fortify the offensive line, this could be really exciting. Yes, and I'm sure that's something that they're thinking about, Rico, because they do have this mindset that, the coming season is the only one that ever matters. However, taking you back again to Monday, Art Rooney said that whoever it is that they get, they want to make sure it's someone who sticks. They want to make sure that it's someone who's here for a long time and who has a, a longer-lasting influence on the organization. And that's how I feel about this hire in general. I'm seeing Arthur Smith as being someone who comes in and says, hey, once and for all, this is the foundation of the way the Steelers move the football. Doesn't mean it's the only way. In fact, if you do some research on Smith and, and his history as a coordinator, you'll see that he insists in his play calling on dovetailing all run with pass, all pass with run. That's why he's heavy on play action. That's why he gets the mix that he does. But I think to a large extent, because of the lack of weaponry that he had in Atlanta this past season, I think you're going to see a lot of people label him as a run, 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 run guy because the Falcons have had a couple of strange years where they were that team that was just going to run the ball 100 times a game and they ran up all those weird running stats David says, Mason Rudolph is the guy. See how this goes? This is 44 years of watching the NFL. See, take it from David. Mason Rudolph is the guy. 
Jessica says, word on the street is Mike Sullivan won't be back. New quarterbacks coach. I'm not sure what you mean by word on the street. Mike Sullivan's been interviewing for other jobs. Uh, when that happens, you're not going to be back. So I, I'm not sure what what that would be a reference to here. Jeff says, uh, oh, absolutely, I agree. I liken him to a less abrasive Todd Haley. Obviously, changes will come. I, I think what you have to do here, what you have to do here if you're Arthur Smith is beginning like the moment you sign the contract, you have to start working with the rest of your staff, but especially with the head coach and management, say, let's let's get this down because we've only got X number of months here until we're playing a real live football game. And this is a new playbook with new terminology, with new whatever. We'll see how that goes, by the way. Um, you're going to hear that discussed endlessly in training camp. If there's new terminology, it's going to be, wait a second, this used to mean this and this and this in the other offense. Now, what does it mean now? Because they'll actually have same terms. You know, imagine Peyton Manning, you know, in his Omaha thing. Now he goes to a new team and he says Omaha, but it means something completely different. It's, it's something that you're going to have to be mindful of. And maybe you'll see it, that it's Arthur Smith who makes the adjustment. Dwight Jefferson says, uh, sounds like Arthur Smith is a solid planner and communicator. That should bode well for the different rooms to get and stay on the same page. See, here again, this is a case of, I think where there's a plus to be had from his experience as a head coach. As a head coach, you don't have the option to do what Matt Canada did and go running down the hallway and slamming the door on everybody. You have to be communicating with everybody, and you have to be doing it constantly. Destroy the like button, says Mel. That's good stuff. I don't know how many likes we have. We have a lot of people in here watching. Ben wants to see the mustache return. TJ says, I hope that Arthur Smith will do a media session. It would be nice for fans to get a sense of who he is as a person. You know what, uh, TJ? I, I think that you will see that. Uh, the Steelers don't do that for every new hiring. They don't bring in somebody like, I, I want to say, was it Andy Weidel? Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong here, who's hired as assistant GM uh, maybe they had a press conference for him, but it's usually just the individual that's at the top of a specific structure. I think with a hire this prominent, and nobody has to wonder how important the position of Steelers offensive coordinator is to the city of Pittsburgh, considering we almost just, you know, rioted over it a few months ago. I, I agree with you, but I'm just saying that from the standpoint of a reporter. I'd like to be able to ask the man some questions. Zach Dixon says, DK, do you think the Steelers will go after a center with the first-round pick? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll tell you this, Zach. We had uh, we had a brief show yesterday with Ramon from Mobile, and the one thing that Ramon shouted out as far as the scouting report goes from down there is that he loves, not likes, loves the centers in the house. 
And I have heard and read beforehand that there's not going to be a first-round center in this draft. But as Ramon also pointed out, you don't often see that anyway. Uh, we did last year. Last year was a really good, good class for centers. But you will see terrific centers taken in the second round. Creed Humphrey was taken in the second round. The Steelers could have had him. The Steelers took Pat Fryermuth. I know that only comes up with everybody all the time. Mark Lancaster says, Mason Rudolph is a serviceable backup, and he did a wonderful job. He is not the future. Mark is a pit guy. Mark wants to see Kenny. He's leaving that out of there. He thinks I don't know. Mason Rudolph was a serviceable backup for five years, and then he was the starter for the four most important games of the season. And he played really, really well. Not better than Kenny, but better than most NFL quarterbacks, and for three weeks, better than any NFL quarterback not named Joe Flacco. It was a stirring display. G6 says, hey, DK, does this hire make Pat Fryermuth, meaning Arthur Smith, a top five tight end? Actually, that's one of the questions that I'd have for Smith. I wouldn't phrase it quite like that, but there's a couple of schools of thought on the way Smith runs his teams. One is that he just wants your tight ends to stay in and be part of the big package, okay? Which means that Darnell Washington has magically landed in exactly the right place in the NFL because even if Darnell only goes out for a pass once or twice a game and makes one catch, which is pretty much what we saw of him in his rookie season, he will have a massive role in this offense. No pun intended. He has to get a lot better as a blocker, a lot more polished. Teams figured out some shortcomings on him where he wasn't just able to brutalize whoever he went against. They figured out some technique stuff where they could get around him and sometimes make him not look very good. That's going to happen as a rookie, but Darnell is going to be a big part of this. And Pat, you know, some of that's going to depend on the quarterback. Okay. If, if you have the version of Kenny Pickett, let's say Kenny's the quarterback who lined up against Cincinnati in Cincinnati and threw to the middle of the field and hit Pat for nine completions for 130 yards, if memory serves, off the top of my head, then you're going to lean toward throwing to Pat anyway. But the Bengals had a really, really dumb defensive alignment that day and never adjusted. And I know the Kenny fans won't want to hear this, but the Steelers internally were saying, wow, look at this. They're not adjusting to this at all. And Mike Tomlin even said on the record after the game, if they're going to give us that, we're going to take it. Ouch. Now, if you take that and then you also put in that Mason Rudolph is naturally someone who has no issue with throwing over the middle of the field in any circumstance, and at the same time was really responsible for the, with the football, I think that's going to be a lot about the quarterback showing Arthur Smith what it is that he can do. JSL says, hey, DK, people were saying Justin Fields to Atlanta because of Arthur Smith. What are your thoughts on Fields? Okay, independent of any rumors or speculation or any of that stuff, my thoughts on Fields is that I was floored by him as a rookie. I saw exceptional potential, and I thought to myself, well, there's still one big hurdle he has to overcome, and that's that he's playing in Chicago where quarterbacks go to die. Sure enough, it didn't take long 
where Fields became a bear. How much of that is going to stick with him? How much of that uh, can never really be washed off? I mean, we could look at Mitch Trubisky and say, listen, if he had gone to a team other than the Bears, maybe somebody would have straightened out his issue with uh, ball security and everything else, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, Leslie says that Mason is the number one quarterback. Jerry says that Mason is Superman. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) I was being funny. I actually coughed. Uh, although I hear a lot more Clark Kent, like the Christopher Reeve Clark Kent, which actually is a really good call, especially in the, the hair parted off to the side. Uh, Yinzer says, is Mason really the guy? I'd like to see more. Well, if you want to see more, that means you at least think that there's a chance of that. No Nam says, when I said everybody, I meant mainly other media outlets. Well, if you want to talk to other media outlets, you're going to have to go to other media outlets shows. That's not what we are. We're just we're just this one right here. Uh, Mark says, does Pat Meyer have the same offensive line philosophy as Smith? Seems like it seems that Smith likes what we've done. Um, Pat Meyer found a little bit of a groove near the end of the season. He and his line, once he was able to get more involved with the actual offense, here again, we're talking about Matt Canada's lack of communication. Meyer was part of what Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner were doing. So if they said, hey, let's run the ball over here to the right side, Meyer could say, I've got something for that and then pull out a play out of his book that his players and he felt strongly about, they'd be able to, you know, get a good six, seven-yard burst. That was a big part of what happened here. But I know that when you're talking about Pat Meyer, you're going to talk about the offensive line coach, and we're going to start a whole other avalanche of Munchak, Munchak, Munchak things here. I, I don't know. I've not heard anything at all to substantiate that Munchak is part of this. Um, beer is good food says worst hire ever best hire ever y'all need to chill out it's like democrats versus republicans it's just yeah but every discussion we have is every like like my man earlier who came in mason's a career backup and what he's actually saying here is i'm a kenny guy i'm a kenny guy all over everywhere but i'm coming on here and just giving you this independent assessment that mason is a backup people take sides They stay on those sides, and they do so no matter what the evidence might be to the contrary. That's politics. That's where our politics are uh, in this country. Mel becomes the first one. Is Munch coming? No idea. Don't know anything at all about Munch. Wood says that uh, Arthur Smith, who who also sometimes, by the way, is referred to as Artie. There's a lot of Artie. Uh, that we hear, and who knows what he'll end up being called in Pittsburgh or how we'll call him. He's 41 years old. Folks act like he's 70. He's actually going to be the youngest offensive coordinator that Tomlin's ever had. But he doesn't look the part. Okay, let's let's call it like it is here. That's what Moan would do if he was here. Let's call it like it is. If he had that San Francisco 49ers elite egghead assistant coach look to him, and he was 41, we would say, that's the smart one. That's his, but here's Arthur, and he's got the, you know, the, the, the kind of the frumpy mustache. He's a little bit overweight. He looks more like just the, the, the guy who's hanging around a football field as opposed to 
San Francisco 49ers egghead. Just throwing that out there. DeMond says, I just want to hear the X's and O's reasons why people don't like the Arthur Smith hire. You're not going to. You're not going to. With very, very, very few exceptions, people who really, really know their football, you're not going to. Hey, guys, on our, uh, on our website, on DK Pittsburgh Sports, which you really ought to be reading, incidentally, and make sure you go download our app, uh, which is free. All of which is free. The content is free. The app is free. We do have a premium level if you want to get rid of the ads and stuff like that. But if you go to the site right now, there is an extraordinary detailed analysis by Chris Halleck, one of our football reporters, breaking down who Arthur Smith is as a football guy, the kind of stuff that DeMond is looking for. And when this show is over, I'm going to pin it to the top of our comments, and I'm going to order everyone here to go read it. It's really good. It's written really well. It comes with visuals and stuff. You'll learn a lot about who he is as a football guy and what to expect. When we come back, I will have had more of this coffee. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Wow, this might be my favorite question we've had in a long time here. By the way, Ramon's not here for those of you who came late. Ramon is uh, in Mobile, Alabama at the, <laughs> at the Senior Bowl, and he has all kinds of additional assignments while he's down there. And he called me in a panic about a half hour before we were supposed to go on. We got, I, I can't, I, I got you, Ramon. We all got you. We all have Ramon's back here, all right? He blocked for your franchise quarterback for 11 years. We can protect him a little bit here too, right? Ben comes in with a great question. Says, what does Mason need to improve on? I don't know that I've heard anyone ask this question. It definitely didn't come up in Mike Tomlin's uh, postseason availability. It definitely didn't come up in Art Rooney's postseason availability. We're always asking what it is that Kenny can improve on, and there's a list that everybody gives. Where Mason is concerned... If you go over the nature of all four performances, but in particular the three in the regular season, what stands out for me is that all three of those were a 112 quarterback rating or higher. So theoretically, it's not a ton. He threw, he threw a bunch of touchdowns. He threw no interceptions until the, uh, until the one in the Buffalo game. So what I'd be thinking about here, as it relates to Mason, and boy, this is going to sound not great. He just needs to be consistent. He needs to be that player. And I can say that statistically. I can say that if he is a 112 quarterback, go ahead and look at who finished the year with 112 ratings. He needs to make sure that he's uh, continuing to do multiple reads that he's continuing to show a good, soft touch. Remember when he didn't have that? That was one of the things that I'd call him out on. He needs to continue staying in the pocket, staying predictable to his offensive line, which they loved about him. In fact, that if that was his only trait, they'd love that. He needs to continue staying decisive. 
meaning he sees the throw, he makes the throw. He doesn't hem and haw it and whatever else. If there's anything, and I don't know that this is an area that you can really improve because it might be just a physical thing, I wouldn't mind seeing him occasionally, even if it's just once or twice a game, get out of that pocket and pick up a few yards, okay, forward. You don't want to be doing the, you know, turning backward, going to the left and all that stuff that gets you killed. But go ahead, forward, slide a little bit. Let the other team at least think that that's in your arsenal here. Warren Buffering says, I hope that Arthur Smith is not going to be another Mike Tomlin yes man. Warren, you can come right back here and tell me what you mean by that because I have no idea. Okay? When you're talking about a yes man in the Tomlin environment, there is no earthly possibility that you're talking about someone on the offensive side. And that includes Matt Canada. Okay, Matt Canada, if he had a flaw, as you've heard me say already a couple of times in this episode, it's that he shut himself off from everybody. And Tomlin, in turn, would just worry about the defense all week long. Now, if you want to talk about the defensive side, Warren, yeah, you've got yes men all over the place. Because, and he'll tell you this, this isn't some you know, hot insider scoop here. Tomlin runs the defense. That's just what's there. JM says, hey, DK, any red flags that stick out to you about Arthur Smith? Red flags would be too strong because I don't have anywhere near the amount of knowledge that I want to have about Smith. And that really, if you think about it, would fairly begin when he gets here and handles this environment and these players. But I would say the one that I've heard and read the most over the past couple of days is that he's not made the most of the talent that he did have in Atlanta. That's always a concern. Now, at the head coach level, it's really not on you to bring out that talent. It's on the assistant coaches. It's on the coordinator to an extent. And even then, the coordinator is not all that involved. The coordinator is scheming up plays. The coordinator is making sure that the plays get executed. But when you're talking about individual improvement, you're talking about the positional coaches. You're talking about their rooms. Those are the ones who are supposed to be getting into the the micro uh, specifics here. Randy Wagner says, does Arthur Smith know that there are some extremely tough Steelers fans? You mean like Randy Wagner? He's got to come in firing on all cylinders. I'm sure that the subject of how tough Pittsburgh can be on offensive coordinators will come up with Arthur Smith, but I also know that Arthur Smith was just fired in Atlanta as a head coach, and there's no way he's going to believe anyone who says that the coordinator position here can be more of a magnifying glass than the head coaching position somewhere else uh, in the NFL. Uh, Ray says, DK, what do you think of picking up Russell Wilson? Uh Russell Wilson, first of all, I, I believe is at the moment still under contract. Uh, if he isn't, no. No. All you have to do is go back over what he did in Denver and the way he he really, really hurt the Broncos in a lot of ways and will continue to do so, by the way, uh, for years to come. Nova says, I can't believe that now after what Omar Khan and Art Rooney saw that 
Mason Rudolph wouldn't get a shot. Also, if they pay him decent money, they definitely will. You know that that last point is another one that not enough people bring up. Because Mason's a free agent, because he's available to all 32 teams once free agency begins, presuming the Steelers don't cut that off with an extension in advance, you're going to see him make more money than he did this past season, which was $1 million. You're going to see him make more money than he did the previous season when he was at $3 million. And if we're not losing our minds here or our perspective, I think you're going to see him be closer into the 6-7 range because he just went out there and did it. And yes, your preconceived notions matter, but it also matters that he's only had a dozen starts in the NFL. Realistically, you're only as old or young in football at any point in your 20s as to how much you've played. And he hasn't played very much. Kerry says, uh, hey, DK, I'm looking at that guy next to you. Do you remember when World War II Kilroy was here? Or do you remember World War II? No, I have no idea what that is. I'm sorry. Rick says, Derrick Henry hit a 2,000-yard season under Arthur Smith. Uh, he did. But what stands out for me more than, than anything out of that was that Ryan Tannehill was reborn in Nashville as part of that offense. And A.J. Brown, what's that? You're getting all excited over yeah, there. I looked up what is. Oh, she looked up Kilroy. Hang on. Oh, okay. Did you base your thing off of that? No, but you oh, know, okay. I guess there's no original idea. There are no original ideas. So the Kilroy was here, people. Whoever they were actually came in time and saw her Ramon thing and said, that's the way we want to do this. Oh, that's all Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the DeLorean. A.J. Brown uh, had 1,000 receiving yards. So the Tennessee offense was complete. The Tennessee offense was built on a whole lot of play action. I see a lot of rumor stuff here. I'm not into rumors. I'm just not, you know. Arthur Smith will have tight ends blocking defenders, not Allen Robinson. Ah, don't do that. Allen Robinson really, really worked his tail off. Miles Boykin, when he went out there to be part of the running game, by the way, Miles Boykin might be the happiest guy in the world that Arthur Smith was hired because that is an Arthur Smith kind of football player. Uh, those guys did well in that regard. George Pickens. George Pickens is a really good blocking wide receiver. I don't know if I should say he's good. He's He's got the potential. He's got the physical potential, and he can be aggressive, and he can be mean. I don't know that he's got you know the mastery of, of technique uh, that, that he'd want to have. Dr. Shadow wants to know how Pat Fryermuth feels about this. I haven't spoken with Pat since the end of the season. I would imagine that Pat is pretty stoked. Uh, this is a guy who loves to use his tight ends, but he also loves to have those tight ends blocking. And I, if there's one thing that Mike Tomlin doesn't hide from anybody on a football field in practices, it's that he expects his tight ends to block. I don't know how many of you guys have heard me tell this story before, but especially in training camp, Tomlin will just stand over the tight ends at the blocking sleds. He will just perch himself there and say, I'm not leaving here until I'm satisfied. He doesn't do that for any other position. He doesn't do that for the offensive line even. 
and they're in the business of doing nothing but blocking. Ben wants everybody to, to drop a like. How are we doing on likes? Do you see it there? Boss is over there. She's suing the Kilroy people. I think it was kind of original. I mean, look at look at Moan over there. What the people don't know is you can make him go up and down. Give it a no, shot I here. Been oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. Barber says it's 207 likes. That's not good enough. We had 904 people in here. See, look at that. Watch that. Oh, you animated it? No, they're different ones, and I keep changing them. Uh, so she's she's like like doing a, a manufactured GIF there. Yeah. Munchak, 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 Munchak. Joe says, DK, I've been listening and all sounds good except, or, or all sounds good for the most part on Arthur Smith. Will he have input on draft? All coaches do. Okay. And you want that. Here's why. When we talk about input on drafts, the film, the analysis of prospects gets broken down throughout the building. Positional coaches have influence. On the draft, you guys will remember the late Daryl Drake, the wide receivers coach who passed away tragically a couple of years ago at training camp. He was the one who was completely in on Deontay Johnson. And it turns out, by the way, that's a really nice pick in the second round. Deontay is a starting at times top 10 wide receiver in terms of statistics uh, in the NFL. That's a really, really, really nice pick to have in a second round out of Toledo. And it was Coach Drake who got to know him. Who, before This is all beforehand. Who got to appreciate him, who got to see what he was all about, and to really nail down that he could be an elite route runner. Well, guess what? Out of respect to the late Coach Drake, he was totally right. He was totally right. Deontay, by every measure, is a top three route runner in the National Football League. A trait that, by the way, has gone largely wasted in Pittsburgh because of subpar quarterback play. Robert says, hey, DK, I'm feeling under the weather, but I'm here in spirit. Smith is a really solid hire. Appreciate you checking in. Hope you feel better. Weston, this is a new person. We haven't had a Weston in here before, have you? Uh, it says, DK, thanks for your dedication and work. Best in the business. Appreciate that. Uh, would love to see a center in the draft, just not an undersized guard that we forced to play center. I, I, you know what? You're right, Weston. What I don't want to do here, and not just because I really, really like the guy uh, and respect the passion. Remember that he's one of the guys, Mason Cole is, who Ramon correctly identified as being a dog. She's not ready on the trigger thing for the. He is a dog. Which is spelled D A. Oh yeah, I have to go over here for the dog cap. It just doesn't work. Um, which is spelled, by the way, D A W G. And I just typed it here on the screen for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term. Right there. Uh, Mason Cole is a a guy you'd love. Okay, if we had Mason Cole on this show, you guys would be like, Mason Cole is the greatest. Okay, but. He did not have a good season. He did have one before that, even though, as you said, he's undersized guard who got moved to center. He never, never complained, even though his better position might have been guard. He never said a second word about it. Mike Tomlin said, we need you at center. He moved over there. He did everything that he was asked to do. It wasn't the best situation for him. I will, however, Weston, agree with you. 
that center is a big need, and I would love to see it addressed in the draft, and I can't wait to hear whatever Moan was referring to that he saw in Mobile that has him excited about that position. Robert says, hey, DK, is it a foregone conclusion that Mitch is gone? Yes, and that the money can be used to re-sign Mason Rudolph. Yes, to both of those. And within that, remember that the Steelers are still one of the lowest paying teams at the most important position, which means they have the luxury of being able to sign other players at other positions of need. I think that'll largely go to inside linebacker. No, I don't care what side of the football the money goes to, unlike some people. Uh, Donald wants to know how Corey Trice is doing in his rehab. Lots of questions about Corey Trice. Those, those come in consistently. Corey Trice was on the field for a single day of training camp, went down. This was just a few feet in front of me, clutching his knee, and everybody, uh, myself included, knew he was done right away. He has been around the team. He has been in the building. He's maintained a great spirit. As much as we can tell from afar, we're not allowed to talk to injured guys. And there's no reason to believe that he wouldn't come back 100%. I did ask Calvin Austin about Corey Trice fairly recently, and the reason that I did that was CA3 handled his rehab in what I thought was the model way, and I'm not telling you anything I haven't told him where his demeanor was so upbeat, his attention and his focus to detail, to films, to paying attention to the opponents was so intensive that he approached this season, the one that was just done, as year two. He said, I don't want anybody to call me a rookie, even though he technically obviously was. This is year two for me. I've been sitting in these rooms with these guys. I've studied the same way they have. I've been on the sideline. I've been in these stadiums, I feel that I'm a year two player. And you know what? It didn't all go great for him, and he wasn't really ever able to break that one uh, on, the, on, the, on the kick returns. But if you look at going down to that final game, the playoff game, and Mason Rudolph trusting him over the middle and him scoring a touchdown, don't forget CA3 did that, a touchdown in a playoff game, that's, that's nice. That's a nice feather for him afterward. And although he wasn't in any better mood than anybody else in that locker room, I could tell that it meant something to him uh, to do that. Now, what does that have to do with, with uh, Trice? He feels, CA3 does, that Trice has taken a very similar approach, that he has been visible and active, and he wants to put himself into a position where he can be in the mix. The one thing I would beg people to do is everyone got so fired up about this kid because he had one really nice session in OTAs and Patrick Peterson said some good things about him and we took it to that he's going to be Mel Blunt or something or even just another Joey Porter Jr. We don't know that at all. Jonathan says, DK, do you ever see Cole or do you ever see Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander? Uh, I, I hope they know that they are missed dearly. I have not seen either. Uh, both of those gentlemen had significant injuries, Holcomb's in particular. And they wouldn't be the type that would be floating around practice settings, okay? It's, it's not the same thing. Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I believe that both of them would know that they are very much loved and very much respected for the way they performed early on. Man, I can't say this often enough. If you just look at that Buffalo game and just picture the Steelers having all three 
those two guys and Elandon Roberts healthy for that game, how different it would be. And not just because of the Dalton Kincaid touchdown over Miles Jack's head, just all around, all around. Hyden Daddy says, uh, Matt Canada wasn't making him shoot lame ducks over open receiver. I assume we're talking about, oh, we're talking about Kenny Pickett. I see college open. Uh, shooting lame ducks over open receivers' heads and panicking after his first read isn't college open. Kenny has work to do. I think that's one thing that even the biggest Kenny boosters and the H2P crowd can all agree on. Kenny has significant work to do to be an NFL quarterback. I don't mean an NFL backup. I mean an NFL quarterback. He is not that right now. Michael Walker says, hey, DK and Cartoon Moan, with what you've seen and heard from your team in the first round, if both are available, who would you take? Tyler, oh, you're going to have to say this one for a moan. I don't know any of these names. I don't get The draft is still so far away from me. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. I'm still in the NFL season. Uh, I'm still very much in the mindset of where the Steelers just were or are. They just hired an offensive coordinator. Hodge says that Rudolph played three games uh, with zero picks. You know, you know what? I want you guys to be honest about this. Put aside your, I'm a Kenny guy, I'm a Mason guy here. I want to talk about this. But this is going to be the last thing we do today, all right? We haven't done this yet on this show. That interception that was thrown in the Buffalo game, because I saw somebody say an ugly, egregious interception, which is insane to think that way. If you look at that play and you watch it, and I, as I have from multiple different angles, you talk about, I've talked about it with Mason. I've talked about it with people in the Steelers. If you look at Deontay Johnson running the, the route, he needs to make a really, really hard U-turn there. And it, it was a little bit soft. Now, it was not optimal there in Buffalo. Super cold. And a lot of Steelers talked about, not as an excuse, but just as reality, there was something about the Buffalo surface that day, the artificial surface, that was sticky. I'd never heard that before, okay? But something about the cold combined with the snow and whatever else here, that the surface was actually sticky. So, now, I didn't hear that from Deontay, by the way. I'm just sharing it with you here. So Deontay runs his route. He makes his U-turn. Who was the, de the defender for Buffalo? It was a pit dude. I think, Dane, was it Dane Jackson? Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong here. But whoever it was read the play beautifully, beautifully, turns around toward the football. Here, we're, gonna, here, we're starting to get some input back here from you guys. Jedi says, that DB had his back to Mason when he threw the ball. The idea wasn't bad. He just needed it to be further outside. That's what Mason said. Mason took full responsibility for it. He said, I feel like I, if I throw, he said, uh, us or nobody was the way that Mason put it. He said, I have to throw that one far enough outside that their guy can't get it. Now, I'm seeing here people now say that there was a lot of, there might have been some interference here. And by the way, here's who it was. I'm so sorry. Uh, Kair Elam was the one who did that, uh, was, was the one who had the coverage. And it was very, very good coverage. Larry Brown says it was a good defensive play, 9 to 10. That would be a touchdown. The one thing I do know about the pass, there's one angle that shows this definitively. Mason releases the ball, and the camera angle is from behind Mason. It's a terrific shot that you would only get in a playoff game, one of those floating cameras. 
and Deontay's hands are right here. It was it was money in the bank. It was six, except that the corner read it right, and as Mason himself conceded, it needed to be us or nobody. You can't risk an interception there. So what do you guys think? I'm going to read some of your remarks here. Dwight says, I thought the ball should have been further toward the sideline. So did Mason. Uh, self-made says, well, I would say that it should have been holding. I'm not... I didn't see anything illegal there. I'm sorry. I'd love to be able to cite an excuse there. I really didn't. I saw Deontay was able to move the way he wanted to, and nobody on the Pittsburgh side, by the way, complained about that. Francesco says Lamar Jackson threw an awful pass into triple coverage, one of the worst I've ever seen. I'm not sure what that would have to do with this. Top Gun says, hang on, it's right up here. No, Deontay didn't get out of his break well enough, and the defender did that looked on tv like it was icy there well remember i also added that it was more it was more about sticky it's not that it was slippery it was sticky two different offensive linemen told me that mason was throwing to a spot before deontay made the break that also is accurate because as someone else pointed out here kair didn't even turn around until the ball was in the air toy soldier says i thought it was just a good defensive play Jedi says the snowball throwing has to stop. You know what you guys don't know? I don't know if they showed this on TV or not. These idiots were throwing snowballs at their own guys. Like, as if it was part of the celebration, like confetti. When the Bills scored the Kincaid touchdown, they all gathered in the one end zone that was by the press box, and these idiots are just throwing snowballs at them like, yay, Bills! Imagine that, huh? Uh, Chris says the ball was inside. The defensive back made a good play. Uh, Inside is too far. I think it was more straight on. Uh, Jordan says, yeah, antifreeze on the surface. I have no confirmation of that, meaning as as to why it was sticky. Jeff says Deontay waited on the ball. Yeah, but again, Jeff, the ball was in the air and it was coming right to him. So what do you want him to do? Over-pursue it? Overrun it? It's, It's a tough call. It's a tough call. And can we agree... By the way, now after seeing some of these here, uh, some of these responses, Eric says uh, Mason got hit late during the whole game, never got called. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the officiating. I I think that when we talk about that interception, we're not going to talk into the future from playoff history or whatever as some great, big, egregious thing on either Mason's part or on Deontay's part. Come back to the ball. Jeff, you got to look at it some more times, my man. It was not an option. He could have made his cut earlier. This was not a come back to the ball uh, issue at all. I, I, I would say that we could look at this thing as just more than anything as Kair making a really, really nice play. Uh, not a perfect pass, not a perfect route, but this was, you know, there are two teams out there And if Joey Porter Jr. had made that interception, everybody would be going, whoa, what brilliance, what magnificence on the part of the defense. Am I right? Am I right? Avery Jones says it's okay to say uh, that it was was a good defensive play. I I would say that. I would agree with that. All right, guys. I'm going to play the outro here, and we're going to see if we can close up and if I have any business to take care of. It's not as easy handling the the pool of comments when you're doing this alone because when Moan is talking here, I can kind of – you know, uh, pay a little bit more attention to what's happening in the comment section. So let's uh, do the outro here and come right back.
think I don't notice this, by the way. Don't think I don't notice that whenever Ramon is here, all these contributions come in. Okay. We're grateful for the ones that came today, but um, okay. I see how it goes around here. It's like, oh, there's Moan. Oh, contribution time. Let's see what we have here in the way of that's what I wanted to check here. First off, a point of order from the boss. She says that we now have, whoa, that, that's a pretty nice little surge. 29,129 channel subscribers to date. We've blown through the 29,000 mark. We just did that over the weekend. Uh, our goal was to get 30,000 by the end of this month, which of course is now. So we're not going to fall a little bit short of that, but we're still on a pretty nice pace. The ultimate goal for this show, for those of you who don't know how YouTube works, is to get to 100,000. If you get to 100,000, you become verified, you have the little blue check mark, and you have all kinds of advantages that are afforded to you in terms of expanding the show and having more people see the Ramon show. So that's why we push that. We push that even more than the memberships or contributions or anything else. That that's that's the best. Uh, Austin came in with a contribution and says, "Why aren't more people talking about Mudjack coming back?" I am always always in favor of doing everything from the standpoint of a sense of humor. Demond says, "Hey DK." Uh, with his own contribution, I know some of the players go elsewhere to train. Can you speak to how important it would be for players who are under contract to stay in Pittsburgh as much as possible to try and start working with Smith? Um, that's not how it works. I'll, I'll tell you that you can't have coaches presiding over things. And a lot of what you're referring to, DeMond, I think is that players going elsewhere to train is specifically quarterbacks and wide receivers because they can't do anything without each other. Okay, so for example, when you saw the big camps that have been held in Florida by the quarterbacks, uh, Mitch Trubisky had one, uh, Kenny and Mason have been part of those or part of others. Uh, the late Dwayne Haskins was down there, of course, for one of those. Uh, when you're when you're talking about those types of settings, you need you know, really, really good field conditions. And only they can simulate route running and passes out of a certain person's hand. There is a certain way that the ball arrives differently from every quarterback on earth. I, so I wouldn't say that it's a huge priority. Uh, coaching, you got to watch it, okay? Volunteer means volunteer. Off-season means off-season. And you are protected uh, by the labor agreement with this sort of thing. I can thank Rico again. I read this earlier, uh, but for the $50 contributions, it's not like nobody came in. It was just kind of like, oh, Ramon's not here. Eh. I'm teasing you. I'm, I actually don't have my feelings hurt that easily. I really don't. Oh no. Oh no. Look at this. Look at this. Now Pittsburgh fan comes in with my, me playing my, how does Ramon do it? The small violin. <laughs> That's much appreciated. You'll never guess who else comes in. Ro Rochelle, did you just get off work? Rochelle comes in uh, near the top of the hour after a full hour of doing this by myself and says she came just in time to hear what I had to say, meaning my sappy, my sappy sob story at the end. Uh, guys, we love you. We love doing this show, both of us. Um, it's, it's a challenge sometimes because of logistics, because we both do traveling. We both have other work, uh, that, that we need to do next week. I'm going to have some issues here because I'm flying up to Winnipeg and taking 
that seriously, that's a bit of a vacation for me. I, I love the place. And so you might not see me here for a show or two, and I would ask you to be just as nice to Ramon as you've been uh, to me today. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's see if we have anything else here today before I check out. Nah, I think we're all good. Took care of all the business. Uh, thanks to everybody. The main thing here, again, is, as far as the health of the, the channel and the program goes, is the subscriber. And what that means is if you go to the DK Pittsburgh Sports channel, okay, not this show. This, this show is part of that channel. If you go to that channel near the top, you can't miss it. There's a big button that says subscribe. Costs nothing. There's no catch to it. They don't hit you a month later or any of that kind of stuff. Costs nothing. Uh, just get there and subscribe. And the, the, again, the man, when we make it to 100,000, you will see a party here like, like, like nobody's business. Because that's, that's when we will have totally made it here. Uh, Warren here wants to see my, my history in Winnipeg and what, how it changed my life here. I can pin that. I can do that. We'll do it. We'll do that. Uh, I said that I was going to pin something else though today, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to pin today. I'm going to pin the uh, Chris Halleck's piece on Arthur Smith. That's what I'm going to You can only pin one thing at a time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. All right, guys, let's do this again. Let's do this again tomorrow. Uh, hopefully we can have Ramon. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't. He didn't give any reason why we wouldn't. So 4 o'clock tomorrow, uh, Eastern time, 3 o'clock Central. Bye-bye, everybody.